I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and we are also blessed by another appearance of intern Jack, who starts school here in a couple weeks. Actually, about a month away, aren't we, Jack? About a month, or weeks, because, yeah, we start literally, like, buttoned up against October. They bumped it back a week, and then SPU got bumped up. Yeah, a week before, so they when they get out at Thanksgiving, they don't have to go back for another month. Well, it's good all you local UW guys are here because yeah. of the worker shortage, so you can work another month. But uh, anyways, it was day nine today, uh, Chris. Yes, day nine today uh, out on the East Field. Temperatures moderate. I mean, it was pretty nice, probably in the low seventies, and I think the heat wave is behind us. Thursday and Friday were pretty brutal, but it looks like we're going to top out in the high seventies. And being next to the water, it's a little bit cooler. So, pleasant day out here on Lake Washington. And I think the theme of the day was good day for Dylan Morris, and probably the best day for Sam Heward that he's had since he's been here. Yeah, I I would agree that um, Morris just looks like he's dialed in again. I mean, it, his first practice, I thought he looked really good. Then he kind of took a couple steps back, and he looks like he's right back on it. He's he's hitting guys on the money, doing all that, making good reads, all that kind of stuff. And then Sam, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't blow me away with how well he played. He just you can see he's making incremental steps in his development. Hey, Chris, just real quick. When we watch fall practice, I mean, spring ball, there wasn't a lot to pick and choose between Dylan Morris and Patrick O'Brien. There was I, the start. There was the start, but by the end of spring, it was like 1A and 1B. I mean, they O'Brien had come leaps and bounds from where he started out, and a lot of that, I think, was just learning the offense and learning how to do things at Washington and just getting acclimated to what was going on. But today was the first day, I think, in either April or uh, now in August, where it felt like Sam Heward had made noticeable strides and Patrick O'Brien had actually started to regress a little bit. He had, he had, a, a, what, he had a pick. O'Brien had a pick that he was audibly upset with. I mean, things you can't talk about on the air type of stuff. You could hear it. And I was all the way up top on the, in the stands, and you could hear it. Um, it wasn't a great throw. So, you know, and Heward didn't have any picks. He, he like Scott said, not not anything that was like super massive spell, splash plays. I think that he had the one touchdown. I think to Quint, was it Quentin Moore? Or no, yep. was that Sermon or Moore? Or well, Heward. In this, you're talking seven on sevens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Quentin Moore. But getting back yeah. to the main point, where that may have been close at the end of spring, Dylan Morris is the starter, and there's a gap. There's a huge gap, and, and, and to really heap some praise on Morris, I think. So what happens is during a lot of these practices, especially the shells and shorts practice, which was today because Saturday was a full pad scrimmage, what they like to do sometimes is they separate the quarterbacks and most of the actions on the east field, but John Donovan brings the quarterbacks into Husky Stadium. And what they do is they do kind of a reaction drill where the quarterback's throwing into the end zone from like, the 10-yard line or 15-yard line, and he'll use the walk-on quarterbacks and some of the grad aides or whoever's around to just spot them in the end zone or wherever on the field he wants. And then Donovan will point to that particular player in the end zone and say, look, I want, you to, I want the ball to go here. And so as soon as, the height, as soon as the ball's height and the quarterback goes in and sets, that's when he will point. And as soon as he points, that particular quote-unquote receiver – will put his arms up, and the quarterback has to react based on where they're scanning. Because they're, they're like scanning the field. They're looking late, left, middle, right, middle, left, middle, right. And as soon as that quarterback or the receiver puts his hands up, 
He's got to react and immediately throw, but he's got to throw on balance. He's got to throw, you know, with some leverage, and he's got to be accurate. And Dylan Morris is by far the best at it. His reaction time is better. He's got a much more compact delivery, and he's got a. He, I'd say obviously he's he's got the strongest arm as well. All three of those things work in favor of him being by far the best in that drill. Heward and O'Brien are have little longer deliveries. They're a little slower with the reaction time, so it takes a little bit more for them to get on platform and to really you know get the ball where it needs to go. The cool thing is is that Donovan runs a lot of footwork drills and escape drills on top of it. So then he asks them not to do just the reaction drill down the field, but he's asking them to do it while escaping. And often, like if you're right-handed, you're doing it to the left. And that's another thing where Dylan Morris is really, really good at throwing the ball across his body with accuracy. So all these things have played into the fact that Dylan Morris has made jumps. And so now it's like not just is he a clear one, but the guys behind them, I think there's a legitimate battle now between the two and three. If Dylan Morris is the starter is a 10, I'd say Patrick O'Brien is probably a 7, and Sam Heward probably a 6. That, that sounds accurate. But kind of piggybacking off that drill, I felt like it really Dylan really translated that into the team, uh, team drills especially. I remember one play specifically he rolled out to the right side, and he got a lot of zip on the ball, but it was a great pass right to Devin Cole, went right through his hands, would have been a gain for about 15 to 20 yards yeah, around there. It's one of those where he was, Cole was in a position, if he catches that in stride, which it was thrown perfect, yeah. he would have been able to cut up field and probably score. It would, probably would have been about a 30, 35 yard touchdown. And with that amount of zip and accuracy and going through his progressions like that, I don't think Patrick O'Brien or Sam Heward. Would make the, I mean, I'm just, I guess, saying the difference between those two, and I, none of those. Would if make. that ball was thrown ten times, you know, you'd, you'd expect Dylan Morris to complete that thing if there's no drops, you know, eight or nine yeah, of those exactly. times. Whereas maybe O'Brien and Heward might be six or seven. Scott, you know, it's hard to be locked in on practice when you're doing the same things over and over and over again. And one of the things that I tend to notice about Dylan is you go out there and you do your reps and it's one thing, but it just seems like the more pressure there is and the more important it is, Dylan seems to really step up in those situations. Well, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're asking. I, I've i seen him do really well in those and maybe not in others. So, I mean, it's just kind of a – but I think he, he's a gamer. He's a guy who, if the game's on the line, he's the guy who wants the ball in his hands. And, and that's how he plays. And, and you watch the way he, the camaraderie he has with the other players, the way they follow him, his leadership skills. He's got all the necessary requirements. He's just got to start doing it against comp- competition other than the four teams that he played against last year. Right. Yeah, and with Sam, I think that you know he's made his fair share of mistakes you know, before today. But Sam's the kind of guy every one of those mistakes he's learned from. So I think the, the thing about it is we always talk in cliches with quarterbacks in terms of the game slowing down oh, yeah. for them. Where it just, you know, not so much time standing still, but clearly instead of it feeling like the rush is on top of him and he's got nowhere to go, I think he's starting to find just those little slides and those little things that he can do in the pocket to find some, some windows. And the way that he kind of ran the, the offense, the number two offense or three offense down the field in the final team period, you could just tell he was finding open receivers. He was finding those quick little windows. You know, he found, you know, uh, Jabez Tanay. You know, he just he's finding some some common, you know, commonality there with some guys. 
And it just feels like the game is slowing down a little bit for Sam, the way he kind of controlled things in the huddle and down on the field. Well, stop to think about the input that he has. I mean, you know, he's he's got so much input about defenses, about offense, learning the playbook. I mean, just the information load that he's absorbing, not only here, but from his dad, from his uncle. And, you know, if he's talking to Marino Montana and Tom Brady, you know, stop and think about the influx of information he has, you know, and he's got so much. And at some time it looks like he's starting to not think about all that stuff as much and actually just go out there and play ball. I, would, I was going to say, I think, to be honest with you, after the first couple of days of spring, it was like, okay, there, there's going to be a clear period of adjustment for Sam to get it. But I kind of figured, okay, he goes through the 15 practices. By the end of spring, it will look a lot more normal to him. Because we also have to remember and remind people, this is a guy who never took a snap really out behind center. In years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, it was all shotgun. So, and he looks now, he looks very comfortable behind center. And so it's just, again, I thought maybe by the end of spring, it would be one of those things where we see him kind of, you know, the light turns on, the switch, all that stuff. Well, that didn't happen. But now, about halfway through, so I guess it would be, what, 25 practices now in total, roughly? Um, I think you're starting to see the switch. And what's... Unique about Sam, too, is it's kind of looking at a swing like Ken Griffey Jr.'s or a guy with a beautiful golf swing. He throws such a beautiful ball, and, I mean, you just don't see ducks coming off of his hand. You don't see those floaters or wobblers or anything, but, you know, it's just you look at the swing of a golfer or a Ken Griffey Jr., and Sam's almost got that throwing motion. He throws that pretty of a ball. Now, the question is putting it all together. Putting it all together, but still making sure that when he's throwing the ball downfield that he's putting it in places where only the receiver can get it, if they get it, as opposed to the DBs. We saw that that was obviously an issue very early on in April, and that's where you know he's throwing a lot of interceptions and whatnot. But, of course, you know our answer to that is he's learning. I mean, he's learning as he's going. He's in a much, much, uh, you know, a much, uh, very much an unfamiliar type of situation, but now it's becoming so much more familiar to him that I think he's finding his counters. He's finding his counters off of the counters. He's he's maneuvering the chess game within the football game a lot better, and that's why I think you can really see almost visibly the game slowing down for him. Well, intern Jack's older than Sam Heward. How would you take that pressure? I mean, nat- not, not only <laughs> national media, but like the legacy pressure he has too, and someone with the caliber of him, just people expecting him to come in day one and blow up and, you know, I mean, people have to realize, too, you know, he's he's in high school playing alongside, you know, four-star wide receivers, you know, in not going up against the talent that he is. And you step up into spring practices against some of the top corners, defensive backs in the country, and you, you can't expect the guy to make every throw, you know, especially learning a new system, too, lining up under center. But he looks a lot calmer now. Um Looks like he knows the system a lot more, and the speed, you know, like Chris said, not to go back to cliches, but it looks like it's slowed down to him a lot. Another good day for the wide receivers. Jalen McMillan is coming on. Yeah, he's definitely having having much better practices. I think Romo Dunsey, he had a really good practice today as well. Saw him make a couple really nice grabs. There was one that Dylan Morris, it was about, a, what, a 40-ish yard throw down the field, and Cameron Fabi Kulana knocks it out of his hand. But, it, I mean, Dylan dropped it right in his bucket, yeah. and Cameron. Uh, There's two defenders around him too. Yeah. And 
And, yeah, he put it right on the money. But, yeah, um, McMillan just continues to get open. I didn't see him have a drop today. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can also remember Odunze had a touchdown from yep. Dylan Morris and, in oh, the corner. Casey that Kitchen was pretty. was covering him yeah. pretty strong. but Didn't catch it with his hands. He caught it with his fingers. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those where, yeah, he wasn't able to catch it cleanly but was able to control it so that second time yeah. he was able to bring it in, which was, it was it was a nice nice. Yeah, attempt. I didn't. I honestly didn't see Bynum do as much stuff today. He did a lot the other day, but not today. You know, you played wide receiver, and mm-hmm. people talk about hand strength. Is there such a thing as finger strength? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and they have different ways they can work on that with you. Granted, it was when it, you know it was twenty years ago, or yeah, thirty years ago that I was doing it. So. Um, you know, it's, they have different things they can do now. They've got the squeeze balls that they have the, the guys do to strengthen. I remember, um, old strength and conditioning coach telling me different hand exercises that they did because guys need to have really strong hands. And that's definitely a huge thing. Sorry, Racanelli gone again today. Yep. Not going to be back for a while. Yeah. We'll see what's up. I I already know what's up. Yeah. And James Smith. (laughs) Look at you, and James, James Smith. I already know what's up. We've already talked about what's up. James, so. James Smith, but uh, something east of the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Should we should we even say what some? Of the... Well, bottom line is we there's a lot of people right now that are dealing with the the Delta variant. There's a lot of outbreaks out there, and you know it touches every corner of society. So Washington football is not immune. I, I I misspoke. I shouldn't say I know, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Was it a, so. was it a watershed moment? So take it from there. There but you go. Anyways, that's uh, why we're, Sawyer. You won't see him until next week sometime. You know, one of the guys that I really like. Um, you know, and I think he could be playing uh, starting at a lot of schools. Michelle Powell had another interception today. Yeah, he's he, a good player. He'd be on scholarship at probably at least half of the schools in the Pac-12. I would think. And yeah. He's a walk-on here, so um, yeah, big kid. He's not um, small. Physical, yeah, and just goes out there, seems to understand how to play defensive back, works a lot with the second unit. Um, I think, you know, he's probably in your top four cornerbacks on the team right now. And, I mean, a guy who's really been coming on, and I don't want to jump ahead too much with Jacoby Covington. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That he had a big day today. Will, Will Harris glowed. When yeah, he, when, when, when they does. asked about him, he, he couldn't – the person didn't even get the question out, and he starts smiling. Well, he's doing it in both ends because yeah. he's doing it in coverage, but he's also doing it at the line of scrimmage yeah. too. I mean, and, he, yeah. he's really strong so, all the way around. So I would say right now, obviously, Trent and Gordon are your two top corners. I would say Powell – and Covington and Jackson, now that he's back. Yeah, but Co- Covington and Powell yeah, are clearly the are, number two. Yeah, right? yeah, I would say that. Now, who would be the first corner off the bench, though? Would it be Covington I or think Powell? it would be Powell. I, that's my, just because he's been around a little bit longer, They've and he didn't make the switch to safety and now back to I'm telling corner. you what, Covington's making plays, he, man. Yeah, if you're making plays, I think it's hard not to keep yeah. him on the field. You got, you got the club on his hand still? I don't no, I didn't. I don't think so. I saw the first... Few he, I think he wore yesterday, back. actually. Oh, okay. Did he? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. might be best off the corner on yeah. the blitz. Yeah. And, by the way, would you put Bookie out there as opposed to one of the other guys? Bookie well, I think that's a possibility, but no. Bookie is better inside. He's not a – He's not a. Well, we've seen know. Bookie at a number of places. We've yeah. seen him close to the line of scrimmages in the nickel. We've seen him back in the safety. 
whether he's all know, no matter place. what they're doing, yeah. they're you, they're asking him to do a lot of different things. Could you move Bookie out to out wide and then bring uh, Dominique Hampton up in the slot? Well, that's always possible, but I I don't think that's putting Bookie <coughs> in the best position to succeed. Yeah. He's just he's not a he's not an outside corner. He's an inside corner and a run stopper and a and a safety type. Have we seen Dom Hampton? Uh, out wide at corner, or is he strictly just when a when safety? he are you talking? Well, now? it depends. It depends on what defense they're playing. Sometimes if he's trailing a guy or working a specific situation, yeah, they can say. But he's not. He's playing. He's playing safe. We did. We did see Cameron Fabi Kulanen move outside. Right, but then again, today. he's playing nickel, yeah. so he's doing a lot of different things. He's in that. He's in the bookie role. He, I mean, they've got so many options out there. No, but Fabi Kulanen is another guy. I, I mean. I told you guys at the beginning of camp, I mean, I thought that that battle between Bookie and, and Camp Fab at the end of April was really just heating up. I think it's gotten better and better. I still think, ultimately, Bookie probably starts day one, but I, I can see Cameron Fabiculana getting a lot of reps against Montana. How, however much they, they think they can do well with Fabiculana will allow them to do a lot of different things with Bookie. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the offense they're going against. Because yep. if they're, I mean, if you're going against... I mean, this team would do well against um, a Mike Leach team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they always have. Yeah. Also had a chance for the first time to talk to Faut. 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 Bright, articulate young man. Really, really <laughs> bright kid. We got a chance to talk to. Is he out of, which high school is he out of? St. Louis. St. Louis. He's out of St. Louis. In, in, yeah, in Honolulu. Well, you threw me because you're wearing the Kahuku shirt. Yeah, no, I, I, had to show, I had to show Jack the back of it. That's the, the reason I bought it was because of the back of the shirt. All right, well, it's, 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 a, it's sweet a, high school too. Yeah, yeah. but it, you know, as far as Tuatelli, I mean, really well spoken. Talked about the culture shock coming up here and how it was eased because he said like twenty guys from his class yeah. were poly kids, and so that helped. And that he had Ikaika Malloy here. He had uh, Tuli. He had Taki. He had these guys that he could lean on. Uh, for the cultural side of things, it helps him feel more comfortable. Um, and I, I honestly, you know, with those two, Taki and Tuli as your starting guys, it's going to be real interesting to see who gets in there first to be the third guy of that when they want to play run. Will it be Bandis? Because we've seen him more, but I've seen Tuatelli going there too. Yeah, Tuatelli and Bandis are the are the next set. Well, that's the thing. The way. thing is, is that if they so if you're right, so if they're running that three. Taimani will be in the middle, and you'd run Tuatelli and, and, and Tuli on the sides. Now, if you have Bannis coming in the middle, you can run any sort of yeah. them outside of maybe Taimani. Because Taiman, to me, Taimani and Bannis right now are kind of that zero, that nose, mm-hmm. that two-gap nose that they can you know just play straight up, head up against the center. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if Kawhi is going to end up being that guy too, depending on if he stays at... 310, 320, whatever he ends up being, because he's kind of that next really big body. Tuatelli had starts last year. Did Bandis? He got one start. I thought last he had two. Year. He might have had two, but yeah. But you got to remember, too, Tuli didn't, didn't play. play. Yeah. You know, so that that was a big part of that. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to remember if we. Uh, Tuatelli has seen more snaps than. He has Bandis. seen more snaps. And I think, to be honest with you, I'm not sure Washington fans can really truly appreciate what Tuatelli did in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He's already in the high school football hall of fame. He literally just left Hawaii like what three years ago? Yeah. Two three years ago? He's 2019 I mean, grad. Yeah, three he's years ago. He's one of the highest he, ranked players to ever come out he of He literally and, and the thing is is that I you were talking about how well spoken and articulate he is, Kim, and, and absolutely right. But anybody that saw his 
declaration when he picked Washington and they you know they had did a video of it the whole bit you would have you would have seen a guy that clearly uh, has, is well spoken and has dealt with the media quite a bit in Hawaii during his high school days. Kicking game, Chris. Anything jump out at you there? I think both the kickers were two out of three, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you towards, know, they, towards the funky goalpost. Yes. Well, yeah, the one in the east, the, the one, or excuse me, the one in the, the north, north end, yeah. the north end of the east field is a little. That left pole is leaning a little bit. A little. We, I, my father would call it cattywampus. Yeah, yeah. it's a little cattywampus. It's almost twisted. It's weird. Yeah. I get the feeling somebody jumped up and hung on it. I don't know. I don't know. It was like it's been like that all camp. So yeah. I don't. I don't know, but it's a uh, you know they're they're still kicking well. I truly I do think that there's still a very clear pecking order with Peyton Henry as the one and Tim Horn as the two. Um, Horn, if I if I I'll give him credit for a 50 yarder. Maybe some people will say it was 49, but the last field goal he tried, he, he kicked one from 50 um, and buried it. Um, I think he probably had at least five yards to spare. Um, so he's got the leg, and I and I still will wonder when we get into actual game situations whether or not Jimmy Lake has an idea or a plan to maybe use him if they're going to kick over 50 yards. you got a 55-yard field goal at the end of the half, and it's a tie game. Um, you know, yeah, three seconds I'm, to go. I'm thinking are you, bring, I'm are thinking, you bringing a kicker out? Are you going for it? And is it going to be No, Henry I'm thinking, if, well, if you're kicking, I think you, you go with Horn, I think. I mean, that, I just look at the leg strength, relative leg strength. But again, Peyton Henry, we haven't really seen him kick beyond 50 yards. Those 49s is long, long right? Yeah. Career long? So we just don't know what his he's, full range is. He's got the leg to hit 50. He just yeah. hasn't had the direction. No pads today, but uh, we got practice Monday, Tuesday, and Monday that's and Tuesday. Monday, that's Tuesday. It. And yeah. then yeah. Friday and Saturday, and that's it. And for Saturday is what the kind of the picture day, yeah, kind of whatever it is for fans. Is, is, are we are we here Friday then? Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. All right, just checking. So we've got four more practices to watch. So you guys will have four more practices where you get the live updates and practice reports. And then after that, it's all just media interviews and availability. Yeah, there will be, during during the following week, there will be media interviews. We'll have availability. Like four of those um, days. I think it's 22nd, 23rd, 24th, yeah. and then 28th. But basically that, that will be their last full practice week where they can kind of hone in on the game plan and do all that kind of stuff before they actually get into the Montana week. I don't know if you saw, I brought it up to Kyler Gordon, who we had post-game, but did you see Bruce Feldman's top 100 all-freak list? Um, he's better, he better be on it. Kyler's 39 and Trent's number 40. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to say who the better athlete of those two is, but Kyler, I, I know there's a lot of people nationally that just don't know who Kyler is, but they will. they're going to get a lot of chances. And the main reason why, Kim, I think, is because there's going to be a lot of offenses that are going to be shying away from Trent McDuffie's side of the field, period. And they're going to want to test the guy that they don't necessarily know that well, but they're going to get to know Kyler Gordon very well. They most definitely are. Um, it's, did, we, did you guys put up the uh, Cam, um, not Cam, Richard Newton uh, audio yet? No, that'll be that's in our off days that we do it. Yeah, highly recommend. You know, We've had a chance to talk to some guys we've never talked before. Highly, highly recommend that you listen and not just read uh, Richard Newton. I think it's important that you listen to a guy mm-hmm. like that and listen to a guy like uh, Tuatele, uh, listen to a guy like Kyler Gordon. I think it's a little bit more of an insight into the personality, uh, you know, just how good a kid's these really, really Yeah, are. And, and I want to 
put a shout out to the to the SID to Jetpack Toll Brian Tom. They got the setup right so far for spring and fall where they actually have it now, so you can actually hear our questions. It's been a well, while. no, and it's and it, it was it was an issue before, but they addressed it. I appreciate that. They get kudos from me on that for sure. But you know now you get our you get to hear the questions that we're asking, so that you get the context of what their answers are. And and obviously Richard's a good interview. All right, uh, Jack, anything we miss? I don't think so. You know, it was way more lax than yesterday's practice for sure. Um, I thought though, the two things that stood out to me were Dylan Morris and Sam Heward. Um, that struck my struck my eyes the most. Dylan's re- looked really consistent, really calm, and for the two practices I've been to, he's taken a big jump since the spring. Okay, and just real quick, you still need to work on that NIL deal for intern at, to Dick's after basketball games. You got to work on that. All right, we'll land it. We'll yeah. land it. Yeah. So we like to. I like taking Jack. And Luke, back in the day, after a basketball game, just taking him over to Dick's and dropping him off at midnight. Might be doing that after this podcast. I'm going to be heading over. <laughs> Scott, anything we miss? Anything you want to add? Uh, not a lot. Um, you know, it, it's weird to think that we only have four practices left. It just goes by so fast. You remember, what, probably ten years ago when we were doing this, it was two-a-days where you would show up for the morning practice, watch it, then you do your interviews, and then you have to wait around and you for go to three Burger hours. Ma- then you go yeah. to Burger Master. And then, and then come, come back. back and watch. And then, I mean. Well, and on top of it, we would go all the way through to the game week. Yeah. So they wouldn't have kind of a, a game week or a, a week, week before, before the game week. Without yeah. the media in terms of watching practice. You know, obviously we still get to talk to them. But, yeah, yeah usually it was almost all the way straight through yeah. until uh, game week. So it was very, it was very um, work intensive in terms mm-hmm. of there was a lot to cover. Anything to add, Chris? Just that, you know, with, with no pads today, I was focused again more on kind of the skill guys and the matchups between you know, the receivers and DBs, how the running backs are all doing. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Sam Adams. I think Sam Adams has come on he's in the last week. playing really well. Huge. Um, he's getting reps, which he didn't necessarily get in the spring. Um, he's getting a lot more reps than maybe a guy like Caleb Berry, for instance, although Caleb Berry looked great in the final team period with Camden Sermon. Sermon was the only quarterback to score in the final team period today. I wonder, to be honest with you guys, and I, Kim, I might be speaking Greek to you because you may not know what I'm talking about, but Oregon State has a quarterback by the name of Jack Coletto. Yep. Well, Jack Jonathan Smith uses Jack Coletto in a very unique way with their offense. And I'm wondering if Jimmy Lake is toying or John Donovan is toying with the idea of Camden Sermon in a Jack Coletto style role, because he can run the ball, he can he knows how to do an option. We've seen it. He looked good in the last. Yeah, he had a couple of good. But options. I mean, but I'm talking about even high school. Yeah. I mean, he was just very athletic guy. That's what they did in high school. At so Wenatchee. playing, yeah, playing to their strengths, um, and he is just a kid that seems to have a bit of gamer in him. And I think that's what they like about him. That's why they wanted him to come to Washington. So I, I really liked what he did. Again, I like Sam Adams. Um, and again, I just think that the offense coming out and making some plays and the defense also having a couple picks and whatnot, we're seeing a lot more of that balance between the offense and defense that I think the coaches would want to see compared to earlier in fall where the defense had a clear advantage over the offense. And I think the offense coming back and showing that they've got some game in them, I think that bodes well for, um, the, for, for the season. We haven't seen many trick plays at all. We haven't seen any, and the one I'm looking for. We wouldn't say anyways. We yeah. couldn't tell even, you even if we if have. I have. I've seen some, but I sure as heck wouldn't ta- talk the about it. The one I'm intrigued with was, you know, being at the stadium last year and just during warm-ups watching Romu Dunsey throw the football. Mm-hmm. 
Rome can throw the football. Trust yeah, he me, he's better than Sam Ful- than um, uh, Dante Pettis. No, um, Fuller. Aaron Fuller? Aaron Fuller. Aaron Fuller. By the way, he had a nice catch and run yeah. last night. Like the one from, from Browning to Fuller to, to uh, Hunter Bryant? Hunter Bryant. In the Apple Cup. Yeah. Um, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We'll get you hooked up on that. And then also, just to, uh, if you're not a subscriber, hate, hate to tell you to hold off, but a little bit later in the week, we will be running our biggest promotion of the year. And if you're a true Husky fan and you want the ins and outs and just all the details and just things that you just have no clue about, you know, uh, no reason not to subscribe. We'll have our biggest promotion in the year starting a little bit later this week. Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, always crush it. So... For all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and intern Jack. Go dogs. <laughs>